Hey, Dom Day fans, Coombs Corner here. Got a question? If you want to take a chance, lay it on after the beep. Coombs, it's Tex. Just wondering if the annual DDC Backcatchers Convention is still on in September. And will we all be huddled in the Cajun case field? Or will we have to sit around it? Also, will Saul still be the guest speaker this year? Thanks. Hey, Gorp, got a minute? Yeah, I need your counsel. This is my third segment of Coombs Corner, and those cheapskates haven't given me a dime. I thought you could give me some advice on how to shake the tree. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah? Okay, not bad. Yeah, but when's a good time to steal some beer out of their cooler? Really? When they're at bat? That doesn't give me much time, Gorp. Those stiffs hardly ever get on base. Oh, we're on the air. Gotta go. Thanks. Hey, Tex. Thanks for the plug for the upcoming Catchers Convention. Yep, we're on again this September, and we got a doozy. Hey, don't worry about those social distancing requirements. There will be two circles two meters apart, one for the catcher and one for the batter. Works out real well. We tested it. You now won't get hit by Casey's flying bat. And oh yeah, you don't even have to catch the ball anymore for an out. It's meaningless. You can't touch them anyway. Hey, the convention, it's loaded with some great stuff, but you got to sign up quick because their spots are going like hotcakes. My phone, it's ringing off the hook from coaches wanting to register prima donna fielders just in case they happen to get stuck with them in the draft. Hey, here are some of the highlights of the sessions and what you can expect to learn. Lester, he's going to teach us the art of making a barehanded catch to end an inning while holding a glass beer bottle in his catcher's mitt and smoking a dart at the same time. You'll learn how he doesn't spill a drop or miss an inhale. Steve Ann, and he's going to show us the proper setup and positioning of a lawn chair in the cage when his team is in the outfield. Mule, he's going to show us the sensory art of catching the ball based on sound versus sight. And Larry? Larry Smith, he's going to show us how to catch a Kevin Woods missile throw to home plate while continually flapping his glove open and closed in front of his friggin' noggin. But Tex... You nailed it. Our premier session is with the one and only Saul Baytash. While wearing jeans, he's going to demonstrate the art of bursting out of a crouch position to scoop up a squibber in front of the plate and firing a rocket to first base for the out. Hey, got to go. You're not going to want to miss today's Dom Day tales. The boys, they're sure going to blend up a concoction today. Hey, folks, that's Coombs catching a foul ball behind the cage and rounding the corner for today. Here we go. Time for our 15th episode of Dom Day Tales. Justin, and as always, we are joined by my esteemed co-hosts, the wonders of Wisecrack, the grandmasters of Greg- Giggles, Donnie, Babe, and Cote. Dizzy Patterson, our amazing executive producer, is supposed to be here, but he just spilt a pint of beer all over his bed. Gentlemen, we have a huge episode tonight. Our first ever with four guests. 
Cote, are you up for the challenge? I'm not sure. We'll see if they're better than the last guest we had, but uh, we'll look forward to it. And uh, three female guests for the first time. So this should be interesting, along with uh, Moneybag's father. Um, but uh, looking forward to uh, being entertained by the Wolves this evening. That's for sure. Awesome. So we're going to get right into it, guys. Uh, Cote gave it away. We've got some amazing guests tonight, four of them. Three of them are, are ladies, and obviously one is is uh, a, a big-time winner in Dom Day history. So let's welcome him out. He's the winner of a Dom Day leading 15 titles. He's the owner of two silver bricks and a pet tarantula. The other three have won a combined zero Dom Day titles, which ties them with family members Matt Shepard and Daniel and Michael Gallagher. These ladies are also the winners of an impressive four Eddie Milton Awards, What's a wolf without his pack? Please make some noise and welcome out Nick, Teresa, Kelsey, and Nicole Wolf. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Welcome to the show tonight. Um, so why don't we start with you, Nick, um, just talking about your first year in, in Dom Day. Um, we have it down as Dom Day 4. Good year for you. Uh, you won Rookie of the Year. You were a part of a championship Dumac dog and you held the Dom Day title. So why don't we back, back up and tell us how you got into Dom Day? For sure, Josh, Justin, thank you, first of all, to all you guys for inviting the Wolfpack into the into the fold tonight. Uh, looks like a lot of fun. Uh, my first Dom Day, 1981, uh, Ricky Woods actually got me into the tournament. I, I knew Woodsy at uh, TCI, uh, although we were in different grades, we had a couple classes together. Um, and like you said, I was on the dogs. Uh, we managed to win the win the title that year, and one little-known fact, and I'm not sure how many of you guys remember this, but there was something called the W4 connection. And uh, the W4, I don't know if anybody will be able to guess that, but Woodford, Whitey, Westy, and myself were all on that team. And uh, I don't remember much about these, and I don't have the memory of some of you guys in terms of Dom Day titles and things like that, but I do remember it was a blast it was for me I wasn't a I wasn't a ball player I played a little bit of you know peewee ball when I was 12 and a hell of a lot more tennis and other things but uh, it was fun to get out and play ball for you know with a bunch of people and you know leading up to the tournament uh, I remember doing you know these practices at, at Case Field and and us rookies had to bring in these these two fours of, of Coors Light so that was kind of an inauguration for myself and getting into it and getting to know some of you guys um and, and as you mentioned, I remember hearing this in another one of the stories. The house party was actually at my parents' place on, on Hardwood Gate. It was a great, uh, you know, cul-de-sac style street with a nice pool in the backyard. And, and someone let the tarantula out. And I don't know who that was. It might have been McCray. It might have been Lil. But, uh, yes, my brother Al. kept the tarantula. <laughs> yeah, it would be Al or Lil. I don't think Al, Al, Al was afraid of those things. But it was loose for a little while, and, and we got it back in there. But my brother, for some strange reason, wanted a tarantula. So, uh so that was that. What was the tarantula's but, name? Oh, Christ. <laughs> You're <laughs> testing me on when I won my first Dom Day, so that's a tough one there. Nick, what Cote. inspired you to want to host? What inspired you to want to host the fucking? You know what? I, I remember listening to some of the banter at one of the practices, and we had hosted a bunch of parties in the backyard, me and my brother, because uh, it was, you know, it was not a street that the cops visited much. There was a ravine back there. Um Perfect. And, and there was there was a lot of lot of room, you know, for there was a pool in there for anybody who wanted to swim. There was a sauna. Um, so I just, you know, volunteered the backyard and, and I think it went off well. Um, 
I do remember Larry Smith getting into a bit of a scrap at the bottom of the yard one time. And I don't know if that was a Dom Day one. I don't think it was Dom Day then, but, uh, uh, you know, so there was some, some interesting times and I figured, hey, we can host something. Probably looks a little good on the resume as well. And, and maybe they'll invite me back for year two. Well, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it worked. <laughs> you stuck around one, one, one or two times uh, did we in, have, in, in your years. Did we have food and shit like that, Nikki? Like We did. Um, if I remember correctly, we, we had KFC. <laughs> and and, and, and the reason better? I remember that is because I think again, Al, someone was chucking you know wings or, or or breasts into the pool, and don't ask me which breasts, but wings at least were being chucked into the pool. Sounds so like Al. Put... Yeah, sounds like Al. <laughs> sounds like Al again. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, got, I got to know my captain quite well. Babe, we we missed this one, babe. Yeah, we did, Don, uh, and it probably yeah, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So that was Nick's first Dom Day. Teresa, our understanding is that you were at Dom Day before Nick. Is that true? Yeah, I was at Dom Day with Debbie Ellis. Well, Debbie Cochran now, but we went because her two brothers were playing in it, the very first one, and my brother was playing in it. So we'd wander to watch a little bit of it. And each Rock, year we'd... Rocky played Dom Day? I think he did play one year, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah. Wow. We were yeah. desperate. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe he did. But we'd just go. We'd, we wouldn't stay the whole day. We'd just go watch a few games, come back. So I think that was for the first probably three, four, five years that I did that. Chuck, Chuck didn't make you be there? No. Oh. no. His only fan? Yeah, to, the, to this day, she was she was there and it got disgusted with how bad the ball was. <laughs> and I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, that's funny stuff. So you guys, my understanding, met Nick and Teresa. You guys met at Dombey. Um, I'm not going to put Nick on the spot because it turns out memory is not really work too bad. And this could be a bit of a sensitive topic. So, Teresa, why don't you tell us about how how you and Nick met at, at Dombey? Well, we actually met. I believe it was 1984. We met, the first time that we met was at Rick Downey's. People went to Rick Downey's before we went to Sailor's Pub one night. I just, that night, and that was on the Saturday night. We just chatted, said hi or whatever. And then the next night, I don't even know where the party was, but it was at somebody's house. Does anyone know where it was that year? Rick Woods, wasn't it? 84? No, it could have been it could have been Crouchman's house, but Crouchman had something to do with it because yeah. at the party I was and people are dancing in the basement and I was dancing with John Crouchman and he stuck his head in a bucket of ice. And I look up and I kind of roll my eyes because it the was the original ice bucket challenge. And Nick was standing there when I rolled my eyes at him. So I guess then we talked talked and the rest is history. That's right. I got indoctrinated into the uh, into the Gallagher family. That's fantastic. So after that, you guys have won a, a combined fifteen Dom Day titles. Um, behind every great Dom Day player is a great Dom Day wife. Um, so I'm looking at the uh, Dom Day parties. It would have been 1984. Was Greg Woodford's house uh, okay. where the party was? So um, yeah, that's where that the party was. Sense. Yeah. So 
maybe we'll pivot before we kind of get into some other things, but Nicole and Kelsey, um, obviously you guys weren't around back then. Um, but do you guys have any recollections of some of your first Dom days? Uh, maybe Nicole, you're the eldest. We'll start with you. Yeah, I think again, the memory from a, a young child is minimal, but I just remember it was this thing, this baseball tournament that we went to every single year. And in the early days, at least it was a big, kind of family reunion. You would have the Gallagher's. We always sat in the same place along the first baseline, um, even though in later years, people started kind of encroaching on our, our area and on our turf. Whatever. Um, and then um, I think there were a couple, I had a soccer tournament, I remember a couple of years, and I was always so happy to actually lose that soccer tournament. And as a competitive person, that's rare but losing in the tournament early meant that we could come back to Dom Day and be able to hang out and, and see everyone. So those are kind of some of the earlier days. Stuff. And Kelsey, what about yourself? I feel like I have the same memories as Nicole. I was going to reference the soccer tournament that I also played in. It was the Robbie soccer tournament. And if we lost, we got to come back early. And I remember when we would come back early, we would go to my grandma and um, grampy's neighbor's house for a swim. And then we would come to the field. Um, and I feel like as a kid, like my main memories at the field was when all of the kids would play soccer as the parents would play in the, or not play in the blender party, but participate in the blender party. So I remember like the first year that like the soccer was done for the kids. It was like a big deal when we started like um, blending in with the blender party. Those were like my early memories. Awesome stuff. So I don't know about you guys, but as a, as a Dom Day offspring, I kind of divide Dom Day into two parts, at least in my mind. Um, Dom Day prior to when I drank and Dom Day after when I drank. Um, and I'll always kind of remember, and it's one of those small memories that I have in, in my mind about kind of when we started to realize what was really going on at, at Dom Day was around one of the last years when I was collecting uh, beer bottles. I'll always remember that Danny Coates was also collecting beer bottles. And the one year I showed up and, you know, I always thought, oh, great, I got to go head to head with Danny Coates. He was two years older than me. He was quicker than me, all that sort of stuff. But that year he stopped collecting beer bottles. And I was so excited because I was like, okay, now I get his territory. Um, yeah. And I remember asking him, I said, Danny, why aren't you collecting beer bottles anymore? And he said pretty casually he said I'm focused on winning the Mickey Mantle award and, <laughs> and I, I gotta tell you guys I have never met a guy so dedicated to a goal uh, as Danny Coates was after that and and it was one of those small things though where I look back as as a kid and you go okay that was kind of the moment it started to click about what Dom Day is all about and I don't know if you guys kind of have a similar experience uh, as I did I think for me I connect them in two ways it's a, same but a little bit different it's before being allowed to go to the after party and after being allowed to go to the after party. Um, and I remember a few years leading into when mom and dad were finally comfortable with us using our fake IDs at the bar with them. Um, we would stay at the hotel that they would stay at. And I think it was, again, like Danny, we saw Danny when he became old enough to go to the party. It was, I think the year was on the wolf pack and you guys won. And I remember us staying up late. It was, I think, Kels, myself, and our cousin Amanda. And we heard this, like, ruckus outside the hallway, like, late at night. And I think it was Danny kind of stumbling down the hallway after his big first win and, and the party. And I remember we were saying, like, we can't wait until we get invited to the party. Um, I think it was the next year that Nick and T finally 
let us go. Yeah. And for me, I feel like, um, because I had like my older sister there, obviously my parents let me come in a lot earlier than I probably should have. I was probably using my fake ID a bit too young. Um, but I think I separated, um, the same as you guys, like kind of before we started integrating, um, with drinking versus before, or sorry, after when we started, um, being able to drink at Dom Day. You guys would have jumped into the blender parties too, right? Probably maybe but like probably by 15 16 yeah the blender party definitely came yeah. probably even yeah before definitely before we went to the party <laughs> there was a, there was a difference between us taking a, a drink out of the cooler and us going up to the bar and saying hey we're on nick wolf's tab yeah for for me and tink we're still using their hands back then so they still do yeah, Nikki. yeah. but kelsey <laughs> kels i think i remember you having someone's ID, maybe Amanda's, and she was at going to the party as well. So someone had to pass it back to you. I, or two people had the same ID and they couldn't go in one after the other. Yeah, I that probably was Amanda's ID that I was using. Really strict bouncers at these Dom Day parties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was gonna say, did, Donnie, does this, does this shock you, uh, you know, we, we talked about kind of the early Dom Day stuff and you guys come in and there's not a whole lot of drinking. And now we're talking about the second generation comes along, fake IDs, drinking at 12 years old. Like this, <laughs> this has to shake you to your core, right? As one of the founding fathers of Dom Day, right? Well, not really. No, it, it's, <laughs> it's sort of par for the course. I mean, you know, we, uh, it all started with the, you know, I was just thinking when Teresa was talking there with the, all the Galliagras, you know, and, uh, and so the, I don't remember that that first year, uh, Teresa, who was there, who wasn't from your group. Um, but I know uh, George was there, you know, and uh, barking away and, uh, you know, uh, criticizing and suggesting and whatever, coaching without a team, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, right from the get go, the the uh, the Gallagher's were uh, a presence and with certainly with Chuck. Um, being one of the founding fathers. And then, uh, I guess it just grew quickly from there, but, uh, um, the Galli Galliagher clan was always a major presence on the sideline and it grew and grew and grew. And then, uh, you know, Mike, Mike played for how many years did Mike play Nick? Uh, Mike, my brother, um, yeah. maybe, maybe 10, yeah. eight, eight to eight to 10. Yeah. 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 And then he, he won kinda, at least one championship. I think. Then he maybe, kept tripping maybe. over his wallet and he quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Decided not to come down from uh, Collingwood ever yeah. again. Yeah. He's worried about his Porsche being stolen in Rexdale. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, Nick, let me just jump in. What was your first meal like at the Gallagher's place? Once you and Teresa started going out together? Um, boy. I want to hear this. So, you know, they have like eight siblings there and, and mom, Paul Gallagher. And I remember going around the room and I think I was pretty good at their names. Um, maybe the first, like they, they did the Sunday, you know, roast beef thing pretty religiously. And I remember, you know, they, they would crowd around the table and, and it was it was always, you know, okay, what's his name again? What's her name again? And, and it's obviously Chuck's easy, but it was the girls that were a little bit more difficult. Uh, and then you got twins. And at the time, it was really difficult for me to tell Tish and Helen apart. So it was, they, they were easier today. But those early days, I just made sure I didn't trip over myself trying to figure out who was who there. 
but uh you know very different than my household my household there was there was three of us and my mom and dad and um there was just not that massive banter like they had at the Gallagher household so that was what I really really remember and but George and I got along great I believe and and uh, we we both loved sports, and I remember going up to his bedroom because he would lie on his bed and watch whatever sport was on, and whatever sport was on, he and I would chat about. So after dinner, we and before dinner, for that matter, you know, when football was on, he was a big Dallas Cowboy fan. I was not. Um, we, we just had we had great banter back and forth between me and George, and uh, and and continued into Dom Day as well. I know he would rag me as much as he would rag anybody else, and he hated when. You know, when anybody hit opposite field, especially me. But, uh, you know, it was it was always fun times with the Gallagher family. That's good stuff. So, um, Teresa, maybe from your side, what was it like bringing Nick uh, to some of his first dinners at uh, the Gallagher house? Well, that's always, like, kind of scary bringing anyone into our house because, you know, nobody's used to that presence of, everybody like there's always a hundred people there and my parents were very welcoming they wanted anybody to come to the house like for instance your mother like your mother was welcome in our house all the time anytime you had a friend they'd be welcome into the house so I think at first like my opinion my dad even said to me Nick was taken aback when he first walked in and saw this commotion. Wrong. That's what he said. Anyway, so it is, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to come into from a small family into this great big massive group of people. Good stuff. So let's talk for a moment. I know we've kind of talked about some of the family members, um, but let's start off, Teresa, maybe with your dad, um, you know, a central figure in, in kind of Dom Day history. Um, we know the Dom Day fan of the year originally named after uh, him and now the honor shared with both him and your mom. Uh, why don't you tell us about what it was like to watch um, Dom Day with, with your dad? Well, my dad was, a, like Nick said, a huge sports fan and huge baseball fan like he knew the game I remember when I first started playing baseball when I was young he made sure I knew the rules inside and out if you don't know the rules you can't play I remember playing at that case field which is Rexdale Public School and I might have been 11 years old or 12 years old and I was on third base player on my team hit a pot fly I tagged up and ran home and everybody like the coaches on both teams no players the only people that knew that rule were me and the umpire people are like go back go back so he made sure that he we knew all the rules and he knew all the rules he absolutely loved Dom Day loved all the people in Dom Day um loved going to Dom Day. So, you know, it's very fitting that when he did actually pass away, it was on Dom Day, basically. Pretty close, yeah. It was Thursday of the Dom Day weekend. What, what year? 
1996. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty special stuff to talk about that. I mean, when we, you know, over the course of, of the show, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, obviously the, the memories of the first generation of Dom Day, but, you know, the one thing that continues to be a consistent that we, we hear is the influence the parents um, had on you guys, whether it was Mr. Gallegra, um, you know, Mr. Delmer, uh, Bert Donnelly, all these guys who uh, came out to the field consistently um, made themselves, you know, we talked about Lyle Rennick, made themselves just as much a part of the Dom Day tradition um, as you guys were. And I think that's a, a big testament to kind of where we are today that even now, as it's a, a family tournament, it was a family tournament even back then. Um, and that was kind of the beginnings of, of where we are today. So I think that's, it's pretty amazing as we talk about these sort of things throughout that is to kind of reflect on that. Cause I, I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. We said Dom Day eventually became this father-son tournament. Um, but I think in a way it's always been a father-son tournament, right? Because, you know, Mr. and Mrs. P were always at the field. I know my, my grandparents used to come to the field, the Monroe's, the Newtons, all those sort of people, um, Tink and Gale, et cetera, et cetera, down the list. Um, but I think in a way this tournament has always uh, been kind of a, a family tournament and, and you know, Mr. Gallagher, uh, Gallagher is just one of those, uh, one of those stories. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, he used to be like, everybody knew, we, we knew he knew the game, right? And, you know, obviously he taught Chuck the game. And so we, we knew he knew the game, but, but, you know, we, so it was always a friendly banter with George. That was the thing. All the guys got along with them and, and he was just as good at ragging people as we were. I mean, he, in fact, he was, a, he was a leader in it in many ways, you know? So he would be, he would just turn around and, you know, he'd throw something out at me out of left field. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, like he would just jump on you, you know? And, uh, it was great. And, and we knew, we all knew he knew the game and he, he, I think he had, he had a scouting report on every guy and every Dom day he ever went to. I mean, he knew, he knew the guys and he knew, you know, he, he, he should have been coaching because he knew where they were going to hit. He knew the guys that were going to strike out. He knew the guys that were going to pop up. He, you know, he, he knew the game and he did, he did everything he did. He did in such a friendly way. Like he always had that smile on his face and, you know, just, just a lot of laughter. And, uh, he was, he was, it was just a joy to be around, you know, and, uh, and, uh, obviously, you know, he spread that, you know, through his family and whatever, but, uh, you know, in my mind, he's one of the, one of the legends, uh, babe, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Donnie, he, he is one of the legends and one of the great guys. And, you know, Teresa thinking of, you know, the houses that we grew up in and the kids have no idea. (laughs) You think about that no. one, guys, one guys, bathroom. Guys, I got to enter. Oh. Dizzy's, having, Dizzy's having technical issues. Okay. Hold up. He's worried the uh, recording cut out. Okay. Mine's still going. So Mine shows looks like it's going. Well. We're, still, we're still good? Yeah. Yeah, looks mine's. Like it. What was that? Maybe tell Dizzy not to roll his computer on the bed that's full of beer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Looks like you're still you recording. Yeah. recording. Yeah. He's on, he's on mute. I, I'm good to record. I'm still recording. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's good news, babe. That's yeah. Good news. So it's that's always good. a bonus. That's why you have a backup yeah. plan, Donnie. Never Perfect. Okay. Out. Yeah. Good so, IT team. Yeah. So, hey, so I mean, yeah. You think about those places we grew up in, you know, they're 
I don't know, 800, 900 square feet, uh, one bathroom, maybe another bathroom in the basement. And the fact that, you know, the Gallagher's, you know, nine people in that place, like it's like it was unbelievable. 10? 10. It's it's unbelievable, you know, when you think of that. Crazy. We had like five of us in one room. (laughs) Was that before condoms were invented? It was two days, two days before. Yeah, yeah okay. They were just very religious household. Yes. No, my, my dad, you know what my dad used to say? Because the twins were the youngest. He said, when they started coming out in litters, I decided that was enough. <laughs> Hearing how like intense um, and into the rules our grampy was now makes sense why our mom and our dad were the way that they were at our like Sunday softball league. It was just a fun softball league. Nicole played with them for years. They invited me one year and I thought that it was going to be kind of like a walk in the park. And every Sunday they absolutely petrified me because I probably could do one thing right a night. So all of this um, talk about rules is making a lot more sense now. What about your sister? It was right up there. Yeah, yeah. we're all very competitive household. Yeah, I was going to say I've I've gone to Coach T for some uh, some unsuccessful batting tips before, so I I can you know I'm not even in the in the family, and I I know I have to keep my uh, my elbow up when I'm at the plate. Or Teresa's going to remind <laughs> me about that when I walk by. So. <laughs> um and george, george used to take it to nick pretty good too that's what oh, i yeah. you know oh, like yeah. he, i got off, i i got off on that right from the get-go you know <laughs> george was, and chuck, chuck yeah was just as well bad. chuck was the natural but the fact that george would jump right in on it you know and uh so you know it, it was great yeah was who's so this much. young guy from a soccer nation trying to pretend telling us how to play baseball Right. <laughs> that was so, pretty, that was pretty polite, eh? Yeah. That was really good, Paul, for you. Yeah. So we talked about Mr. Gallagher, um, but we want to talk about another family member, um, Chuck. Obviously, a big part of Dom Day, uh, early Dom Day legend. Um, tell us, maybe uh, Nick, uh, in in your eyes, obviously coming into this tournament, Chuck's a big piece of it. He had an inaugural team, the Gallagher girls. What's that like for you uh, when he comes? Chuck, Chuck is probably one of my biggest critics or was one of my biggest critics and he loved to rag me. So was, I was put Chuck and Chevy together, you know, right from one side, right from the other side. Um, so the only way to shut them up was to, to, to win things and, and, and not only shut them up for a second. And, and I, I remember this one vivid um, time when I was pitching to Chuck, he was on my team and we, we might've been on each other's maybe once or twice at most through all the years. I remember pitching. There was no pitching fence at that time. Philman hadn't invented that yet. And he lined one back up the middle right off my butt. And it left a purple welt. And he said, God, get, get out of the way. And he, nothing else. And this thing fucking hurt. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> so still about the language. So anyway, so Ch- yeah, like I said, so Chuck and I had an interesting relationship um, in the early years, in the, in the early years, you know, and, uh, He's great. Don't, don't get me wrong. He was great. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any problem handling any of his barbs. Chevy, on the other hand, is a little different. But uh, Chuck and Chuck and uh, and um, George would give it to me pretty good each year, uh, whenever something went wrong. But uh, it was it was all in love and all in fun. So, if anything, I think the ragging worked. I mean, you've got 15 Dom Day titles, uh, you know? three three Dom Day titles as as the coach of the Wolf Pack. So, why don't we talk about the Wolf Pack? Um, 
your first Dom Day was Dom Day Nine with with as coach of the Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. Um, who were some of the top players in in Wolfpack history? Hey, Cote, I'll get to you in a second. Um, it's funny when when you look back over the programs and 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 I, I know Donnie Wright sees and it talks about okay Nick took the same people as he always did but I'll say my favorites were Eddie Blacharski probably number one. Um, Frankie Tarask was on my team quite a few times. Uh, Kenny Norris a few times, but you know the '86 I was getting my feet wet with Dom Day. Still, it was only my fifth year, and and I think we got to the finals that year before we got smoked in the finals. But I had Blacharski on there. Um, you know, fast forward a few years when we won it the first time. So I lost my team after I think about three years. Uh, you know, I, I either, you know, didn't make the playoffs. I think it was, I didn't make the playoffs or the team didn't make the playoffs. So I lost my team and I brought them back in 93. And that was probably my favorite team because I had my brother on the team. I had Petey White on the team who I had brought into Dom Day or helped bring in. I had Norris on the team. I even had Barry Woodward. Barry, as, as I know you guys have pointed out in a, in a previous broadcast, he was an amazing athlete and, and fast and fast. And he could hit, you know, he could chop the ball and get the first like nobody else and even beat it out to second. Um, but, but Cote, yeah, absolutely. Paul was on my team um, in 04. And then again, in 18, when we won, and I had Paul Sundani on the team, as Nicole's already alluded to. Uh, what, I think it was his rookie year, wasn't it, Paul? When, when he won on my team. Got really and, and it, it, yeah. And Danny was great. Danny wasn't a, really a ball player. Uh, you know, he knows his lacrosse, obviously. But I, he was kind of standing beside me out in the outfield, and I would just kind of say, okay, Danny over here, Danny over there. And he was great. He was fast, and he could catch. You know, so those those were two things that that helped him out immensely. Um, so so the the moon god and the sun god, if you guys remember those those terms for Kenny Norris and, and, and Eddie Blacharski. Those are two of my favorites. Cote, obviously. And then a couple of lesser guys that you might not think of very often. Uh, Jim Fisher in, in the latter the latter years. A great ball player. A lot of people don't know him very well. You know, great guy, good ball player. Um, and then Donnie Thorne. There's another guy who would show up. He was a gamer. He loved to play. And I think I had him on my team probably three or four times. Uh, Yak Emission, which I know people love to rag, but Yak. You know, he loved to go opposite field. He was a good third baseman. He was a big presence at third. Uh, even Turnsey, again, another gamer who, who, who loved to play the game. And, and man, oh, man, he could play ball at times and, and he could be shite at times. But uh, those are some of the kind of the memories I have of the teams that I coached Justin over the years. And, uh, yeah. and what about for his family, knowing when there's a Wolfpack team in it, he makes me bring out all the old score books does all of the analysis on who hits where, how many outs they get, how many hits they get, pulls up the old programs, writes notes, and his favorite term is gamer. Gamer. Moneyball. But he clearly gets that from... I think think we need to have an investigation. Yeah, secrets are coming out now, man. Yeah. Love it. it. Dizzy, do not edit this out. We're going to need this for the investigation, I think. So you brought up a good point, Nick, with... uh, Donnie Thorne, and you think of Matthew, right? His young son. By the time we get Dom Day going again, he might be able to play. He could be. Kelsey, he crazy. Was love. Is it, isn't yeah. he like perpetually 11? I, I feel like that kid love. hasn't grown in years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he's always sure. the little kid at the field. Yeah, he was, he was always on our sideline. 
looking at the scorebook, wanting to use yeah. the, you know, the bullhorn to announce the scores. He was great. Yeah. That's funny stuff. I mean, um, besides, besides the revelation of, you know, the going through the scorebook for, for scoreboard, I, where I am kind of slightly offended is nicknamed. I think every player that played in Wolfpack <laughs> history, besides myself who had two cents there, we lost his franchise, of course. So uh, not yes. surprised, but yeah. take, take I guess I'm not a gamer. <laughs> game, game so. killer. Game killer. <laughs> Here comes Rally Killer. If you go but. by his definition, you probably would be a gamer. You take the game seriously. Notice people don't get too tipsy on dad's team until after the championship game. Donnie, that's why you're Donnie, yeah, team. I was gonna say Donnie. <laughs> there it is. And Donnie I, and likewise, Donnie, I was never on your team either. So true, true. Uh, <laughs> on they, purpose. Yeah. There you go. Yo, the guy, the guy who who spilt a beer all over his bed, I don't think was uh, has ever been a Wolfpack. He's either right, Dizzy. I don't think you've ever played for the Wolfpack. Yeah, it's all, all starting to make sense here. Dizzy, oh. did you did you go for a shower or what? You got new gear on. Quick rinse, quick rinse, <laughs> quick rinse. Okay, yeah. <laughs> all righty, guys. So we're gonna hop forward, um, and we do. We wanted to talk about a uh, a Dom Day championship. <laughs> Nick, you've won fifteen, um, and you wanted to talk about the Rainbow both you know, yourself and, and Teresa and all that sort of stuff. Would you say the rainbow um, would be one of your favorite titles of all time? Um, I would say for sure it is. Uh, I know people don't like to think that was a real championship. Uh, Ian certainly would beg to differ, but my son, Jeremy was on the team and uh, Jeremy played maybe three years or so. And then a, a chunk of time he didn't because he was out in Halifax at school. Um, but we won it together on that team, and, and that, that was something special for me. Uh, yes, it was rain delayed and rain shortened, and, and we were wearing plastic bags on our feet, and it was probably the most pathetic weather we've ever had in Day that I can remember, but it was certainly special from that respect, yeah. What a That's day, what a day that, or weekend that was. Oh. Yeah. I just re- I, I just remember that weekend. It was like, you know, the, the, the field was so miserable, but t- by the time we got to Remo's or bowling or the party, everybody was just so pent up and ready to let loose that those were probably the three most inebriated nights I've ever had at, at Dom Day. Um, so, Teresa, tell us, obviously, what it's like, you know, kind of going through your Dom Day history to see your son play in Dom Day and, and also win a championship with Nick as a part of the High Flyers. Well, Jeremy, he's not really a baseball player. He played volleyball and, and um, soccer. So I was a little nervous for him as a little mama bear. Anyway, um, he, was, he was also nervous too. And he's not, you know, outgoing and like that. So he was nervous playing. I remember, I think his first year, was he on your team, Colin? Yeah, he was Cubby. Yeah, I mean, nickname Cubby. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and I was so glad you were his coach that year because you were so kind to him and and you really put him at ease. And I always remember, like even Nicole and Kelsey on the sidelines as well. I know, you know, when a ball would be hit in the outfield, we'd be just go catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. <laughs> like we we're, I was nervous for him because you know he wasn't didn't play baseball, and you know here he is you know, his father is who his father is, which puts pressure on you. And, you know, his mom played baseball as well. And like, I was always nervous for him. So, but I was so glad when you were his coach because 
he was calm with you. He had a great time and it was great to have him on the team. And you know what? I go, I said to him, I go, how many guys in this tournament have really played baseball? You know, look around and he's looking around and I'm looking around and I go, I haven't spotted any yet. Have you? He goes, no. <laughs> I said, we're here for fun and just enjoy. And he's a great kid. Yeah. And, you know, I hope he comes back to the tournament. I really do. Yep. Yeah, that would. I mean, it would be awesome to have him back. I, I, I still remember his last Don Day. Obviously, was when you guys won, won together on on the high flyers, and what an awesome moment. I think for a lot of people, um, that was because it's always nice to see when a father and son win win together. I know Cote and Danny won together. Um, I, off the top of my head, I know Cam and Schweppes have won together. I know Jason and Randy Yak have won together. I know uh, uh, Colin, Mike, and and Rick Woods have won together, and I think Spencer and Gord McRae. Those are just some of the ones that instantly mm-hmm. jumped to your mind of guys who have won one together. And as somebody who, um, you know, unfortunately has the lineage to have and have tried to chase the champion with my father um, with two catchers. Now one of us had to retire and coach so that maybe it happens. It is something that is very special. And I think, you know, it, it, one of the last kind of big, big ones where a father and son won together, always an awesome storyline uh, when you talk about a championship like that, because I think it really does kind of culminate the whole passing of the torch of, of Dom Day um, and what this tournament really is. So I, I think that's awesome um, that you guys have that memory. But the one thing, Nick, I wanted to ask you, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, you know, as somebody who coaches against Ian McRae, who is quickly becoming one of the, you know, big names in, in Dom Day coaching history, um, you guys won together in Dom Day 38. But the year before you played for him in Dom Day 37 and he gave you the silver brick. Is that one of the best coaching moves that has ever happened in Dom Day history that he gave you the brick, motivated you to come back and lead his high flyer franchise oh. to win in Dom Day 38. Did he play the long game or are we giving Ian McRae too much credit? I, I think you're giving too much credit. To, <laughs> you know, there's, there's short memories and there's long memories. And I remember that year vividly when, when I got the brick and I'm not saying I wasn't deserving it. I'd won it once before as well. And I know some of the other players that have won bricks out there and it's a badge of honor. When, when you when you get something like that but uh, I remember looking at Ian I said really and, and it's the same way as as I think it was Spencer McRae said to me you know really okay so you get you you know you got to roll with these things and 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 one thing I've learned over the years is you have to have a thick skin you know you have to take the jabs you have to take all the barbs that come at you you know the silver brick the golden brick you know things like that you've just got to take it in stride and and move on and 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 like you said justin let your let your playing do the talking really it's what it comes down to so did he motive did he motivate me eh, maybe i think i i'll, I'll count that win as, as with an asterisk because it was extremely rain shortened and it was kind of anybody's to win that year fair enough fair enough so let's talk now kelsey and and nicole um and and we'll start obviously with nicole you guys have both become very large parts of the tournament in terms of uh, involvement um, with with what we do every year, and as you guys know, that you know everybody on this phone knows, and everybody involved that you know Dom Day doesn't just happen. I think you know when we look at the group that pulls it off, it, it's not just you know the five or ten that always get the credit. There's a lot of hands that go into making Dom Day ha- happen every year. Whether it's the guys putting up the banners on the Saturday morning, whether it's those umpiring games and all that sort of stuff, there's a ton of people within this community that put in a lot of work. Um, but you two continuously are willing to step up and, and get involved. Nicole, why don't you tell us first about becoming kind of the official scorekeeper at Dom Day? What kind of motivated you to want to do that? Uh, 
I, I don't even know how it happened. I think one day someone was keeping score and probably had to go to the washroom or got a little too tipsy and it landed in my lap. And from there on out, it was this job that just, just came to me. And um, I think a part of it is similar to my mom and dad. Um, I'm not a baseball player, but I played softball and I learned the rules and I know the rules and I stick to the rules. So I think people kind of trusted me to do it properly. Um, it's not always easy. There's a, there's a couple coaches in particular that make me a little bit nervous that I'm going to mess something up. Um, who are they? And babe, I might've made that comment to you once and you like came over and were so offended. You're like, what? Oh, no. this, when uh, we got screwed out of the championship on black Sunday, once we had somebody who was, it's very scarred me. But when you have somebody honest, you know, keeping score, I felt very good about it. I just thought about, we could add one more championship for hotel 19. Uh, yeah. So it, it just happened. And it's honestly, I, I'm happy to be involved and, and do that. And obviously it kind of gives, it gives Nick a heads up or a leg up in future years when he's he's coaching and he has all the, the hey, easy there. I did share the stats. <laughs> yeah, you did. After, one, one year after the fact, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> two weeks after the draft, <laughs> so we knew how poorly we did. After after your your lineup looked absolutely bizarre because you had a whole bunch of kind of middle of the round guys and people started asking questions and you shared the stats. You're like, oh, he went ten for ten last year. Yeah, that that knee brought Mark McGuire, uh, aka Brett Pizio, into the tournament a few years ago. It turned out to be the steal of the steal of the draft, but we won't get into that one yet. We won a world championship with that kid. <laughs> yeah, he was Absolutely. a damn good ball player. And and Kelsey, what about yourself? I think you've probably sold a million raffle tickets, uh, squares, all that sort of stuff. What kind of motivated you to get? I think that what motivated me to get involved was um, just kind of continuing to build the relationships um, with everybody at Dom Day. So I feel like every year now, um, um, Sammy, Carly, and I, like, we do the squares or we do the auction together. Um, we used to do it, I feel like, when we were younger and we would run with the ballots to Cote and he would yell it off and, and it kind of just stuck from then. And the motivator for me, I'd say, is knowing what a great cause it's all going towards. Um, it seems like we're just like walking around the field, collecting money here and there, but just remembering like why we're collecting the money and whether it be for sick kids or whatever other organization we're, um, uh, donating funds to that year, um, continuing to tell people like this is going to a great cause. And, um, for me, that's one of my main motivators at Dom Day. That's fantastic stuff. And then obviously, Nicole, uh, you've become a bit of a trailblazer, becoming the, the first uh, female executive on, on the Dom Day executive board. Uh, Carly followed suit a couple of years afterwards, but it's always the toughest to be the first. Um, so tell us a bit about what motivated you to want to do that and, and maybe uh, where you see kind of this tournament going over the next few years. Yeah, I think, I think the motivation for me is kind of just continuing on that family legacy. Um, obviously I am, am not male and, and cannot participate in a playing sense. And I know people always ask, well, you're so competitive. You play so many sports. Aren't you upset about that? And to me, there's some things that are just tradition and this is one that I'm oddly okay with. Um, but I love being involved. I'm a 
planner at heart. Every trip I've gone on, I've had some hand in planning. And um, so I think to be able to be recognized and be involved and be able to kind of um, take the torch from my dad and bring it into that next generation was something that obviously I was um, more than happy to do and, and obviously really honored as well. Um, I know you guys, um, as, as the kind of founders and organizers are a, a tough crew to crack. So to be able to, to get in there was um, really excited. And I think for me, the future is making sure that this thing lasts. And um, I think you see it, obviously we never expected a, a global pandemic to postpone it one year, a year and a half. Um, but to see the, the passion and, and people still keeping in touch, starting things like this, um, I think it shows that it, it really does have legs to continue. And um, I get really excited to talk to my friends about it and, and tell my friends about it and um, all those things. And I, I hope that that just continues down the line. That's fantastic stuff. I, I remember kind of around the time when you first joined us, uh, we went to, I, I want to say we went and saw Danny Coates play uh Play lacrosse. I believe he was injured that night. We went down a, a bunch of us, and we were ended up at Amsterdam Brewery uh, afterwards. And a few of Danny's buddies were asking us if they could get into the tournament. And we t- all the guys every time they asked, we said, "She's got the signing authority over there. If you want in, she's the one with the pen and paper." And she just rejected obviously everybody that came and, and applied and said, "No, not this year." Um, but I, that was one of the funny things that I, I kind of remember as you know your first kind of um, involvement within within the tournament on the extracurricular side, I guess you could say. I mean, that um, was definitely not the night to ask me, so. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't think it was the, the night to ask anybody if you want, you want to know the truth. <laughs> I think that was that was the night, one of the other memories I have, uh, Jonesy, one of uh, one of uh, their friends, uh, Danny Coates and him were chirping back and forth, and he's got the flipper teeth that come out of his mouth, and Danny's looking the other way, and he put his teeth into to Danny's drink and, and Danny looked back yeah. and went, oh, <laughs> as he's, uh, as he's about to chug it. So, um, yeah, a lot of, uh, definitely not a night for, for anybody, um, to be involved. Um, but anyways, uh, I'll ask, so kind of on the, the youth's involvement, maybe for, for Nick, uh, what does it mean, I guess, for you, um, hearing your daughters, uh, speak about the tournament as somebody who's been a part of this since since dom day four um you know we talked about winning a, a title with jeremy but you know your your daughters as well are, are a huge part of this tournament what's that mean for you you know obviously extremely proud um as as everyone has said before this tournament doesn't go on by itself it you know there's a lot of behind the scenes and i i think a, a chunk of the of the dom day population just doesn't realize how much goes into this you know what what a Pete Dalmazzi's done over the years, what a Minnow's done, you know, the guys that are on this call and, and Justin, obviously you and, and, and the, the youths and what goes on there. So having Nicole and Kelsey get involved in this, um, I know they're going to continue this, this Dom Day tradition, this legacy when I'm not going to be playing anymore or, um, you know, some of the other folks on this call aren't going to be playing anymore. They're going to bring that next generation and they're going to just run the entire thing. You know, I'll stay involved as long as I can, whether it's playing or, or coaching or doing something, but they're the ones who are going to help push it to the next, you know, the next generation of, of, of ball players. And maybe one day when some of them have grandkids, they're, they're going to be playing as well. So it, it makes me really proud to have, you know, the, the Wolf family involved in this. Um, you know, the, the girls, obviously, Teresa's involved. 
you know, from, from a scorekeeping as well. So, and I love it. And I love to see them involved. I love to see the friendships that have been made over the years. And this is a, this is a group of people that I wouldn't have known if Woodsy hadn't invited me to play that year, 1981. Um, I would not have known this group of people. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, so, so I hope it continues and I hope this generation of folks, you know, the Nicole's, the Kelsey's, the Justin's of the world continue to take more and more responsibility on and, and really take this thing to the next level. That's fantastic stuff. And then Teresa, what about you? Obviously we mentioned off the top, uh, you guys have four combined Eddie Milton's. You were the first Wolf to win, win an Eddie Milton award. Um, and it must be proud for you to see, you know, your, your daughters have picked up three more to add to your guys's collection. Well, of course, I'm proud of my girls and, you know, it can help out how they're helping out. Obviously they can't play, but it's nice. And like Nicole said, being like a competitor and stuff and people always ask, you know, when you tell people about this tournament, they're like, well, you play baseball. Why don't you play? And I went, because it's a guy's tournament. They're like, well, that's not fair. And I'm like, doesn't matter it's what it is and so you participate how you can participate you know and i'm proud that nicole and kelsey are doing that awesome stuff guys so we're getting kind of into the the final stages of our episode today um but maybe hey, justin, we'll go justin yep. it's getting a little gooey eh? maybe we could mix it up a bit yeah so i was gonna <laughs> huggy huggy fucking conversations yeah, Johnny, was... would you agree yeah, like, I'd like man, to see a little bit more spice here. Does yeah, anybody have a story? Little, yeah, about, exactly. Yeah, let's get a couple stories. How about the good okay? behind-the-scenes story? That Somebody we... got loaded. Yeah, so so why don't we start <laughs> with each of you? Let's make them spicy. What are some of your favorite Dom Day memories? Um, Nick, we'll go with you. What is what is the first thing that jumps to mind when you talk about Dom Day, Dom Day debauchery? What's, what's one of your favorite memories? Dom Day debauchery. Um, there was a party down at uh, the Queensway, Hollywood, I think it was. And I remember Nicole, I think we rented a limo that day for some reason, and Nicole had a friend, and I don't know who the friend was, I don't know if it was Corey or someone else, and Corey was a mainstay at Dom Day for a while, and I know Cotain remembers Corey, and some of the others remember Corey, but I just remember her falling out of the, out of the limo and, and just being an absolute mess. And this is what Dom Day, you know, this, they, were, they were partying all afternoon, and, and some could hold their liquor more than others, and she just kind of fell flat in her face as we were getting ready for the party. In, in Corey's defense, that was not Corey. Um, that was it. Was oh, it was okay. it? It was Caitlin. Didn't make her a bad person. Oh. <laughs> didn't make her. <laughs> I was uh, going to say, let's Donnie. get her back. Let's get her back out for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> get her to bounce back. Don, Donnie could teach her how to get out of a limo. We were just talking about his his big limo moment earlier tonight. Um, so Teresa. Dom Day debauchery, whether it be you or, or one of your, your kids or, or your husband, what's uh, what's one of your, your top memories of all time? Oh, top memories. Debauchery. Oh, there's There could be a lot. Nicole could be involved in a lot of them. Me? <laughs> yes. You got a little messy most of the time. The wolf girls can yeah. handle their booze pretty good. And you guys put in yeah. full shifts at the blender party always. And we're able to show up at the parties and, and I, at least functional. like a lot of times. Well, I'm like busy. Busy like, didn't make the party that one year. If you guys will recall, right. Dizzy I, I had a little, yeah. slightly overserved at the blender party and decided to sleep off part of the party in the parking lot. Well, I think and a lot never, was the elevator. Never, 
too. No one ever found us in a bush after the blender party. I know that that happened to a few people. That was never us. Resilient. Never. We pride ourselves on. I've always been impressed with uh, both Nicole and Kelsey are virtually at every event every year. Like I, I can't think of anything they've missed. You know, uh, uh, they're they're there. Well, they're, 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 they're Chuck's troopers. Drinking skills. I mean, Chuck's drinking skills. Years of working at Molson definitely trained me for <laughs> right. many Dom Day parties. I was right. going to say one of my last mild memories of Dom Day 42 uh, involved Nicole and, and Cote and, and something called lightning round, which I've never experienced before, um, which was a bottle of wine that gets passed oh. from person to person until that bottle of wine is completely chugged. Um, so, yeah, I, I can guarantee you, that, you know, as somebody and Nicole introduced me to that, um, I can tell you she can definitely handle her, handle her booze. It is no longer COVID friendly, but uh, oh, shit. I brought yeah. a yeah. bag and that, that could make an entrance at some, some Dom Day party of some sort. Perfect. So, Teresa, we gave you some time there. Do you have any, uh, any favorite memories you want to share? No. Favorite memories? Yeah. yeah. Like your favorite Dom Day memory. My favorite Dom Day memory. Well, a lot of it involves actually Cote and his butter shot, butter shots. Butterscotch schnapps. Butterscotch schnapps. It's one of my favorite things now. And I can't believe, well, I'd always make Paul come to me first so I wouldn't have to have a sip of it after some disgusting person. Right. After, Barry, <laughs> after Barry Woodward bucked up the Oh, bottom. no. That was it. <laughs> And Teresa, I'll tell you that Tink Huntley brought to when we got together on uh, at Case Field on July 1st, he brought some hooch down that was looked like sewer water right out of the Humber, and it was exceptional. So that could that well, could was, but, was butter what, tart. Was it called was it butter, was it tart? butter tart? Oh, butter we got tart. Butter tart. yeah, we have that butter tart moonshine. Yeah, but it looks like sewer water, literally. Yeah. Top yeah, shelf distillery. Yeah, but quite good, quite good. It's very good. I have that. Tink, Tink was always great with his contraptions and his gadgets, and he'd come around and he'd squirt shooters into your mouth. That was the bit more hygienic way of doing things, and he always had some good shooters going around. We're going to need to be innovative when we go back to the field. Tink yeah, is going to be our, our director of innovation, I think. We'll be... get the fucking haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's the other concern. <laughs> you won't catch COVID, but you'll get a, fur, a hairball in your drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite things yeah. that I remember all of um, – the kids doing when we used to celebrate um american thanksgiving together and we would all go up to matt's place in guelph and they had their little um mini pig um pet i don't know why that was like such like a memory of mine like when we'd be at the house and was, like, yes and he would be like running around his place but i remember one of the years we all went to the bar and coming back from the bar was always such a nightmare in guelph like you'd have to ride the drunk bus home and there was probably like 20 of us or so in, in Matt's apartment. And it was probably two or three in the morning. And out of nowhere, the, the, there was a huge knock on the door. And we all kind of looked. And Gordon McRae showed up. And Gordon McRae like kind of showed up out of nowhere in like his gray sweatsuit. Yeah, and we were course. all like extremely drunk and extremely <laughs> confused. And to this day, I actually don't even know why he showed up. He um, was picking up Polly. <laughs> okay, maybe that's what it was. But that was one of, uh, like, a favorite memory of mine. I know that it's not at Dom Day weekend, but it was definitely Dom Day related. And um, those American Thanksgiving weekends of all of us getting together was always a highlight of the year for me. 
Yeah, it's pretty funny. Funny you mentioned that night. I mean, that's one of when I think about kind of Mac film and one of the the funniest nights I think I've ever had with him as well was that pig fundraising par party for his pig name Arnold uh, yeah. that his his roommate um, had bought and and Mac was in a, a building right next door to mine where we were pretty much neighbors and I remember calling him and all I could hear was Miley Cyrus party in the USA blaring out of <laughs> this one room and I'm trying to figure out where Mac lives and I'm calling and I'm like Mac where are you I'm like I can't fucking hear you Mac and Mac's like uh, he's like yelling into the phone I'm like all I can hear is Miley Cyrus party in the USA blaring through the whole the whole street and all you see is this window fly open and a shirtless Mac pokes his head out the window and he goes that's fucking us <laughs> and then <laughs> that's how Mac became our neighbor I guess but that was yeah that, those were some fantastic nights a lot of a lot of Guelph alumni went to or a lot of Dom Day uh, Utes went to Guelph and had a lot of visitors up there so fantastic fantastic times up there Nicole what about yourself I mean there there's been so many great parties over the years that I've escaped being in the uh, program for quite some time so I'm, I'm trying to choose my uh, story strategically um, but I think ready, it, in, <laughs> in some of the later years um, where some of the younger people we started this new tradition after bowling and we would go find whatever bar would take us um a lot of the times it was what the the jack astors by the airport and donnie would always come with us um, and we'd all start around the table um, and then slowly a couple of people would like disappear and disappear and when you went to find them it was just donnie posted up at the bar Danny was usually with him just taking shooters one after another. And anytime you went to the washroom, you had to pass by these two and there would be another shooter getting handed to you. Um, and a lot of the times I actually feel like that ended up being a bigger night than, than the party night um, or stumbling home from the St. Louis across the, um, across the highway there uh, to the hotel and getting the breakfast at like three in the morning and getting kicked out by the, the, the servers vacuuming. vacuuming um while we tried to order our dinner i think with the, the entire wood family including rick and cindy so a lot of good times a lot of memories a lot of foggy ones for sure yeah i was gonna say donnie you you remember those nights at jack astros i know dizzy was there i i never made it to those nights but i i know dizzy was a regular i know danny coates was a member regular donnie, uh, remember I, those nights oh yeah i mean the I love those, you know, in fact, we're doing it again whenever we get back there, but, you know, and, and Evan would be with me too. Right. So, so, you know, so, you know, um, you guys were there and uh, Dizzy and Danny Coates and, uh, and we, we had a ball. I mean, we sat there for a couple hours and this is after a full day and a full night at the bowling alley. And we, we got into the fireball and we, or we got into everything else. And then one by, I used to, I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to keep going and going and going, you know, and then, uh, but it was fun just laughing and having a great old time. I, I loved that night. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah. guys, we're, we're going to leave it there. We're going to go around the horn for some final thoughts. Um, Kelsey, why don't we start with you? What are some final thoughts that you have on, on Dom day? Um, some final thoughts for me first. Thank you for having us on the podcast tonight. We are super excited about it. Um, I think that we've talked about this, about looking forward and being excited about what the future of Dom Day might be. And um, I know that there's a lot of traditions that will stay the same, but I feel excited with what the youth of this group could make the tournament and 
I am just proud that I know that if we look 40 years from now, um, this tournament will still be going on and we'll still be making our parents and our grandparents uh, proud. Stuff. Final thoughts. Nicole, final thoughts? Yeah, I think I have, I have two. One is I, I appreciate all the friendships that have formed and whenever you go to a new town or city and you know someone from Dom Days there, Cote, I think about you a lot with this. Whenever I'm out in Niagara visiting Corey or at the Grape and Wine Festival, we'll always connect for a drink. And it's always nice to see people outside of just Case Field. And the other thing is, obviously, we talked a lot about the memories. But at the end of the day, Dom Day is about doing well um, and doing good. And um, having raised as much money as we have for sick kids is something that after all the, the fun and games, it's something that we can truly be proud of and, and we're leaving a lasting impact on, on people. Perfect. Yeah. So as we kind of go into your final thoughts uh, with Nick and Teresa, um, Nicole kind of led us into a good conversation. Why don't, before we get into your final thoughts, you guys just kind of talk about the sick kids impact, um, knowing now that where sick kids, that tradition had begun um, and seeing what it is today, as we get close to passing $150,000 raised for, for the charity, um, what does that mean to you guys? Well, obviously, it, it means a ton to us because we had not only Nicole at Sick Kids, but Jeremy as well. And it was a big part of our lives, like for Nicole, for like almost a full year, we were there every few weeks and then like when Jeremy got diagnosed he was there like a lot as well like probably had more visits than Nicole actually had to the hospital so it means a lot to us and makes us very proud knowing how much this tournament has done for sick kids it's awesome yeah I'd echo exactly what Teresa just said you know amazing I think, you know, the, the people at this tournament are very generous um, and, you know, $150,000 over the last number of years just speaks volumes. You know, we have our, our name on a wall down there now as, as the 10 men. Um, and I, and I think we just continue to grow, uh, you know, in the charity aspect of things. And I just think that is one of the best things about this tournament. And, and I hope that tradition continues. And I know I love the, love the give give back to the community as well i think that's a great tradition that was started a number of years ago um oops my battery's dying so i think the combination of those two just you know really it, it cements we're not just out there to play a game you know it, it's a lot more than that it's friendships it's it's fundraising it's uh, charity etc it's fantastic stuff i remember a few years ago myself and, and a few of the youths and i know nicole was there we went down and visited the hospital for sick kids um, on one of their their nights where they they invite kind of the bigger donors and and you know Dom Day is a part of it and I'll always remember one of the parents um, who was giving one of the speeches said you know sick kids is is you know the last place you think of but the first place you're glad is there when your kids need it um, so I think that's something that I've always kind of care uh, carried with me um, since that night. Um, so just to echo, obviously, what you guys said about the continued commitment to sick kids is, is fantastic stuff. So Teresa and Nick, do you guys have any final thoughts beyond on, on just Dom Day in general? Teresa, maybe. Yeah, it's, um, it's a tradition that I hope continues because it is a big part of 
our family's life and obviously all of you guys, all your families and the memories that we have and the friends that we've made and, you know, going there every year and seeing people like we don't see people as much as some other people do, but it's always nice to see everybody that weekend. And it's nice now that they have the golf thing going with the, the wives and the kids. And that's a nice thing as well. So it's a great family. And I consider all of you guys family. Fantastic stuff. Well, the final thoughts. Just, uh, I'll echo the same thing. I'm really looking forward to August 13th. I'm hoping by that time that we may be able to get out as a group to golf as opposed to tee times. Uh, nothing's been set yet, but we're going in the right direction. And then really, really hoping that we can pull off the tournament this year because, as everyone has said before, looking forward to kind of rekindling those relationships. We haven't been able to do that with the golf as much. And, and like Teresa said, we don't, we don't see as many people as much as some of the rest do. And looking forward to having some fun and, and, and blowing off some steam for a weekend. Awesome stuff. Donnie, final thoughts? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, what I've been thinking of is like, like every one of these, these, these guys are just quality people. Right. And like, so it, you know, you trace it back. It's like, you look back at your roots. Right. And it all started with Chuck. Right. So Chuck was a good buddy, you know, um, for many years, you know, during the lacrosse years and, and that, and then, uh, and then that's how I met the rest of the family and, uh, and, uh, and the parents and, uh, you know, and then Teresa brings in Nick and, and, and Nick comes in and I think, uh, you know, we took a little of the edge off him in the first couple of years and, <laughs> and indoctrinated him. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, we've, but we've, we've all become the best of friends. Like it's, it's amazing. And, uh, like, uh, like a lot of other Dom day things, I think any, any one of us on here tonight or any one of us in the Dom day community would do anything for each other. So, uh, these guys are, are class acts and, uh, they've, they've done a lot, uh, Thanks, good people. Babe, final thoughts. That is most. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Shut up. You dickhead. Paul, that was for Cote. Sorry. Um, anyways, when I look at, you know, the Wolf family, I go, Teresa, the Gallagher family, I go, the Gallagher's, I've known them my whole life. I, you know, and I don't know which one, you know, first, because there's so many of them, but we've known them a long time and they're just great people. And then Nick, you know, comes into the fold, but, you know, I met Nick in high school and I remember Nick having a, a tremendous party. I think I was in grade, you know, 11 or 12 might've been one of the older statesmen at the party, but it was fantastic. And, you know, you know, we knew each other and then he came in a Dom day, you know, through Woody and it was fantastic. We've, we've had some great moments and I, you know, we were talking mm -hmm. about it before uh, with the Stanley cup when we were driving around with Futes and Nick and I sat together the whole day and it was, it was wonderful. And we just, you know, we yeah. talked about lots of different things, but you know, and I mean, and having Jeremy in the tournament, I hope he comes back because he was, he was brilliant. And then I look at Nicole and I go, you know, you're the reason we started with, you know, Sick Kids Hospital and, you know, and you're such a great person and, you know, watching your career grow, it's, it's just beautiful. And I go, and the money we've raised is because of you, you know, and I know we, we talked about that before, but I go, 
it's amazing and it's it's wonderful what this term's become and kelsey you know and i i i'm pretty fortunate because i get to see kelsey every year at you know hockey day in canada and i swear to god she was part of me getting into hockey day in canada because they were looking for some last minute person she goes you know i'm sure colin would help you know and you know watching her career and you know and and her growth and you know and every time i see you two you know between nicole and kelsey i send your parents a message i say I was just with your kids and I go, they're just wonderful and just great. And that's what continues on the spirit of Dom Day. And, you know, I, I, you like to think of them as, you know, Nick and Teresa's kids, but, I, you know, I consider them friends too. And it's interesting when Kelsey and I are together at these events, you know, you're at Hockey Day in Canada where you, you have the biggest names in hockey and, you know, you're a minor part of it for me. And Kelsey's a much bigger part. She does a ton of work, but people people listen to us talk about Dom day and they go, boy, I wish we had that connection with people that we grew up with. And to me, that really sends home a message and it's just so neat. So I'm so happy to have the wolf pack on. And as I said, hope Jeremy's listening to this and he better come back to the next tournament. Go take final final thoughts. Well, it is great to have the wolves on and certainly, uh, you know, I've become very good friends with Nick and Teresa, uh, great individuals. And obviously they, they brought the, the kids into the fold and uh, like from them starting as scorekeepers to becoming professional partiers. Um, I love the fact that Nicole and Kels are our best friends. Uh, I think it's awesome. And, and I also appreciate the fact that, you know, everybody has, has their own lives. And yet the two of them make a point of, of coming back to Dom Day every year and, and helping out like they did. 15, 20 years earlier. And uh, I, I think it's a testament to, the, like everybody said, how the quality of individuals they are and, and what they truly believe in this tournament for now and for the future and stuff like that. And, and it's amazing. And I always say, you know, I know lots of people and Colin Patterson knows lots of people. Nicole Wolf knows more people than anybody that I've ever met. She is the king of knowing people. And I think it's a great attribute to uh, the type of individual she is. So to, to the Wolf Pack, thanks for coming on tonight. You guys are an awesome family. That's fantastic. That's thanks fantastic stuff. And, and guys, just final thoughts for me. I mean, this is our first episode where we had um, for not only just four people, but a, a family on. And I think it reminds you of, of one thing that, that Dom Day is built on damn good families. Um, and the Wolves are, are no exception to that. Um, a bunch of damn good families that make an even bigger uh, damn good family. So um, it is always an honor to see you guys. I mean, um, Nick, you know, is, is a guy who very quietly contributes a lot behind the scenes and, and helping us organize a lot of things, whether it's uh, the golf, the scorebooks, you know, the rules, all that sort of stuff has always been a sounding board, um, which I know at some times I'm sure they, those guys are tired of hearing from me, um, but he's always willing to take a call, even when it's me on the 12th green telling him that I drove a cart off of, <laughs> uh, off the road at, at his golf course. Um, but just looking around the phone, I mean, Teresa, Nicole, Kelsey as well, you guys have been um, huge trailblazers in, in the tournament and in terms of your commitment to this tournament and, and what you guys bring. So um, I'm glad we got to have you guys on. Uh, and I'm, like you guys said, hopeful that we will all be back together at, at Casefield at some time in the near future. Um, so as Nicole reminded us after our first episode, thanks for joining us. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe on, on Spotify, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Wolf. Good job, guys. Yeah. Dark in the city, night is a wire. See 
Close to her.